everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us for the second hour uh, on My Talk 107.1. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Miss Molly Herman today. Hello. From Kitchen in the Market. And we are so excited to be here on this first weekend of September, really. Can't believe it. I know. Isn't it crazy? I'm like, I'm ready for it, though, because fall is my favorite. Yeah. So I'm ready for it, You're but I still can't it. believe it. It just feels like summer was a... Like it was a blip. Yeah. Like it was a blip. That was a finger snapping. That was good. That was good. <laughs> All right. We're going to tell you what. It's time for top two of hour two. Give me the old one. One, two, one, two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents... Top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two. All right, this is the time of the show that we pick two things that we happen to be kind of mildly obsessed with. and uh, Just a little. Just a little bit. And then we talk about it. Uh, why don't you go first? What's your first one? Ooh, okay. Um, so this seems weird since we're talking about September and this is going to be a kind of a summery thing. Yeah. Although it's, you know, an all year round thing, I guess. Um, Anato, an Anato, A-N-A-N-T-O. I'm not really sure how you say that. Anato. Anato. I think it's a, a okay, maybe not. Hmm. Anato is a chili seed. Yeah, which doesn't have an N in Ananto. Ananto. I was okay. missing that second N. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Whew. I'm glad we worked through that. Yeah. Um, Ananto boxed white wine. Okay. Now. People who know me are going to be like, Molly, you're drinking a boxed wine. And I'm like, well, this one's really good. And well, so, and stop being so snobby. Boxed wine is great. I'm not being snobby. I I'm saying I like the boxed wine. That's what I'm saying. Why would we be surprised? Right. You're a smart woman. You know that boxed wine is good. So Russell Fay over at Cork Dork, he always yeah. has amazing wines and a great selection. And he has several different types of boxed wine. And the really good ones I have found come from like Spain. Yeah. Um, and this one is Spanish as well. And it is... Uh, it's a single varietal grape, Macadeo, Macadeo. Oh, oh. I'm not really familiar with it as much, but it is dry and crisp and perfectly lovely. Goes with sort of everything. Perfect sort of sitting on the patio, sipping or pairing with uh, foods. And it's great for if you're having a crowd over and you don't have to take all those bottles out and all that kind of good stuff. Right. 21 bucks. 21 bucks for 21 like bucks a big old... three liters. Is it like a bag? Oh, three liters for 21 bucks. a bag bucks and a box. Massively. Bag in a box. And it is a Real. really good wine, you guys. They have a red version as well, but go see Russ at Cork Dork and he can help you out with the boxed wine situation. Okay, cool. I love it. Uh, okay. And that is... Uh, where's Cork Dork, by the way? It's over by Nokomis. It is um, at the corner, uh, well, in a little strip mall, Cedar and... Minnehaha Parkway. Okay. So where the newer Co Barney's is, it's right in there. It's right in there. Yeah. Okay. So I am the thing that I am loving this week uh, that I just is kind of one of those weird things that is back to schooly for me. Uh oh. Which is just peanut butter, or I mean, I'm sorry, pumpkin bread. And I dove in. I was like, that's it. We're doing pumpkin bread. Like I used to make, and long time dishers know this, that like I used to make it for the first day of school, every first day of school, mm-hmm. so that the kid would come home and there'd be, Peanut, I keep saying it peanut butter. It's chocolate chip pumpkin bread. Okay. And it was uh, it was something that I did every year. I couldn't find the recipe this year. I couldn't find the one that I've been using for, I mean, my God, like 20 years, right? And so I kind of improvised and I, I made... <laughs> let me just tell you what. Did you feel untethered that you couldn't find it? Uh, I just... I, I just, I was too busy too. I was just like, and so I, we, I made it late one night and I, uh, man, I over pumpkined it and it is, was like a dense, <laughs> I put the entire can of pumpkin in 
And then I was just adjusting because I was using some other recipe. I'm like, this doesn't feel right. And so I was just throwing things in there. And I was like, this is just not going to come. It's not going to come out well. Right. And it was so dense. I wouldn't rise because there was too much pumpkin, pumpkin and not enough yeah. flour. And I, I, it wasn't, it was, it was just weird, but it was really good. Hard, hard to improvise on <laughs> baking a little bit. super moist. It turned out like this brick of pumpkin, but I still, it was delicious. Oh, and I bet if you slice it and toast it. So what I've been butter, doing is rare. putting the butter in the pan and then I slice a big yes. hunk and it's like, it is, it is literally a gut bomb of pumpkin and it's just a pumpkin puree. So this is puree. your PSL moment. Well, here's, this is the point. It's like, I don't mind everyone with your pumpkin spice and all yeah. your rest. Fine. But what I'm saying is just make something pumpkin and yeah. it'll take care of it. And then you won't have the artificial pumpkin thing that you won't have a problem with that. Agreed. Stick with the real stuff, even if it turns out a little wonky. I'm not going to put the recipe up, you guys, because she it, doesn't I don't it. have it. <laughs> so I, I winged it. I riffed it. It worked out semi-okay, but I'm not going to put you through my stuff. I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's probably plenty of good pumpkin bread recipes there's online. A thousand of them but none of them were mine and i couldn't that's why i couldn't figure out which one to use there's like food network had one that was kind of close but i was like that doesn't feel right you know simply ingredients like all of the bloggers they all have pumpkin bread recipes and that's the problem it wasn't mine and i know like (laughs) elements of mine but i'm gonna find it i'm actually gonna go clean my my garage today because i know it's out there all right what's your second one uh my second one and this is much more weather appropriate um i live really close to Minnehaha Falls and yeah. Sea Salt. And I had not been down there all summer. Been where? To Sea Salt. Oh! I had just hadn't gone. You hadn't gone. So I walked myself down there for an early lunch yesterday. And um, they always had like some different specials and stuff. But I had forgotten that the Curry Diva has curries there. So Heather Jans. Mm-hmm. Um, is, she's been uh, doing private chef, regular chef, pop-up dinners, catering, all that kind of good stuff for a long, long time. And uh, she has amazing curries. And they have a Sri Lankan curry there from her that you can order with fish or shrimp. Mm-hmm. And it is fabulous. Okay. It was so good. And it's perfect for this Wait, change she's been doing, in weather. So she's doing Curry Diva on, do you know what nights? Is it Wednesdays? So go to her. I, I put a link up. You can go to her website. Okay. Um, so she has pop-up dinners. And I think they're at our kitchen but she always has a curry that's there at Sea Salt. And she oh, has she a has while. like a signature curry at there. Correct. So no matter what, you can grab it. Yes. Well, and that's, uh, you know, cur- Sea Salt is open through like October. October. So October. this so is a good time. perfect for the weather change because yeah. you want to be outside still, but you're you're probably over your fish tacos and clam fries maybe. Maybe. Um, but the it's like, it's warm and filling. I mean, it was a huge portion. Right. Uh, and you can, like I said, you can choose fish or shrimp. I got the fish and it was really, really good. Right. Right. So good. I'm going uh, back like next week. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Um, I'm going to give you uh, what one of the things that we had last night, which is surprising, at Baja House, mm-hmm. which is in Wayzata. Billy, Billy, Billy. Um, it is. So we went there looking for tacos, you know, and we got some tacos and burritos and we got like, you know, here's the funny thing. There's two things I'm going to give you from there. And they're both beef related, which is bizarre. But the first thing <laughs> is, is Meyer and I got... Um, the gringo taco, which is just ground beef with cheese and shreddy lettuce in a hard taco shell. <laughs> like in. And it's what you grew up with. It's what you grew up I mean, This is all nostalgia the entire. After seeing it, which of course I read in college and all this stuff. I mean, just like this whole weird nostalgia thing. We, she's like, I really just want this taco. And I'm like, let's just get it. I would never order it normally. But it was so satisfying having this weird, crunchy, beefy, meaty thing that was totally a school lunch taco. 
That's awesome. I could see Billy doing yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, and so it's called the Gringo, and it's hysterical, yeah. and it's really delicious. But then we balanced it out, and we did get this gorgeous... And here's the thing. You don't think about, like, getting this at, you know, sort of a... Fish you know, place? like a yeah, like a Southern Californian Mexican kind of fresh place. He we had a Nyman Ranch ribeye, and it was this massive beef steak cut whack that was cut into slices, and it came with this beautiful corn that just had great poblanos in it. You know, kind of an elote prep mm-hmm. and mushrooms and all sorts of great stuff. But I mean, it was charred to that perfect thing. And I realized that I have been like missing that on my summer steaks. I've been missing yeah. like a perfectly good, super hot char, which I can't get on my grill. You know, I can't make it happen mm-hmm. either in my kitchen or in my grill. And I've been trying to find it, but I can't get it. And so I had it last night at, at, at uh, Baja awesome. House. I know. Well, and Billy's always had, whether it was Sushi Fix or Baja House, he's always had beef on the menu. Yeah. It's just that the focus is always usually... On something else, but he has great preparations of, mm-hmm. of beef. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, normally I think know. a lot of people go there looking for tacos and sure. enchiladas and everything else. And I think if you see that, you know, that giant and it's like a market price, you know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. cheap. It's a Nyman Ranch, gorgeous ribeye. Mm-hmm. So and they slice it up. It's perfect for sharing, actually. Like, that's the thing with those kind of things at the table. Like, I'm not going to tuck into that by myself. It is a massive platter that's meant to kind of have everybody dip in. Super fun. I know. Lots of good stuff. Um, the other last one I was just going to say is I am on a hot search, you guys, for the best soft pretzels in town. Oh. I'm putting this out there to you, Weekly Dishers. If you want to send me a note, Aki's Bread House is a thing that I know that is, they have some of the best. Um, but I figure like for the fact that we are edging into Oktoberfest season, I'm going to try to round up as many sources for good, salty, hot, soft pretzels. Yeah. So let me know. I know a few, obviously, like Aki's Bread House and, you know, like Black Forest has one. Gostoff to the Kite has them. <laughs> Just spit all over the microphone. Um, and so Glad little places like here. that, like I know New Bohemian uh, has the Beer House and even though they kind of closed their Minneapolis say, location, Minneapolis, yeah. they do have some, uh, they do have some others that are open around town. So I'm looking for places that are fresh made, too. I'm not looking for... Like the heated stadium concession Yeah, style. yeah. A lot of places, they kind of all use the same one. And they and that's there is one in... like There's a company out of Madison that makes them. And then that's who a lot of people use. Mm-hmm. But I'm really kind of focusing more on the fresh made. So if you guys have any tips, you can send them to me, you know, at, uh, at the Facebook page. Or you can send me a note on the Twitters, whatever you want to do. All right, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. We come back. We are going to talk a little bit about some exciting stuff happening in the North Loop. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Um, We are being joined in studio by someone who I believe is... Let's just call you an empire builder, shall we? so. Wow. I mean, how many restaurants do you have now? Let's just start big. Forgot. No, I'm just kidding. All right, empire. We have we have five right now. This plus, is Brent uh, Frederick, by the yes. way, oh, <laughs> from Jester Concepts. This is basically what we're talking about, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we have five restaurants right now, and then we also have kind of a concession, and uh, yeah, looking to do more. So you started with. Let's talk about your baby. I mean, you started with well. I mean, there's I know there's a couple other layers to this how it all works, but Burrow was basically your first kind of restaurant that really launched Jester in the in the city. 
Yes, we we had a couple of restaurants before, but it was more kind of getting our feet under us. We weren't. Yeah. We we really hadn't launched Jester. We really hadn't found the vision yet. We were just kind of figuring things out. So, Barrow and Parlor was our flagship, and they have been the rock behind Jester. They've gotten us through a lot of tough situations. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's and launched a lot of chefs and bartenders into the world too. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, uh, we always talk about Tim McKee's tree, right? And, yeah. But I think uh, Barrow and Parlor have their their own right, especially on the. On the bar side, but also yeah. the kitchen side. I really feel like you guys have kind of, you guys came in, Burrow and Parlor opened up at a time when like the cocktail revolution was really beginning yeah. again. And like you guys sort of gave a local home to it and gave a local name to it, which was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, what's funny about Parlor Bar is it was supposed to be a waiting room for Burrow. We didn't know what to call it. <laughs> Actually, I don't think it had a name until the week before. Until like, the week literally, before. Yeah. yeah. So Jesse Held was like, what are we going to call this thing? I'm like, it doesn't need, it doesn't it's, need a name. It's Burrow, it's, right? It's Burrow with the bar underneath. You know, it's, it's fine. And he's like, oh, we got to call it something. And so we came up with Parlor and yeah. holy cow. And it became a destination. Unbelievable. Well, and the basement bar thing. Yeah, because it was like you guys and then Marvel had their basement bar yeah. and, you know, kind of all that idea of taking the bar instead of making it part of like the dining room. And, you know, there are dining room bars, but having it be a special sort of, and I don't even, it's I hate, thing. Yeah. but I don't want to call it a speakeasy because a lot of people were trying to do that, but it's really, it's just more about separating it and giving it its own sort of theme. Yeah, it's it's funny to think about it now, all these bars that are just, have these cocktail programs when before it was just like, do you want a martini? Yeah. Do you want right. a vodka soda? And w- there wasn't anything, we didn't know any better, right? And then you're right, Marvel bar kind of uh, put it on the map and I mm-hmm. think the Dayton saw that and good for them and then I think we came right in after them with yep. Parler and Jesse Held and mm-hmm. then I think the movement just kind of came to Minneapolis. Yeah. So. What do you how do you feel about that neighborhood because you guys were I mean now Bar La Grassa <clears throat> had been there for a long time you know and there it's not like you know North Loop was you guys it, it just was kind of cuzzies and with bunkers it it was already a spot but you guys it has grown so up around you differently how what are you feeling about it now? Yeah, it just it's evolving and we have to evolve with it. There's just, there's more restaurants, there's more competition, which is a good thing. I yeah. mean, I think we want everyone drawn to the North Loop, um, but there's more, there's more residents coming in, there's more apartments coming in, there's more office coming in. It's just, yeah, it's it crazy. Like, there's like you can't find built. a parking spot down there. It's, trust me, that part's a little annoying. I but, know. Well, that. So the yeah. good thing about Burrow and Parlor is you do have valet. We do, yes. <laughs> so don't much. worry about the parking situation. Yeah. Yeah. But it is still frustrating. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. It does feel, you know, there's, it's just, it's really hard right now to, to, I mean, the Gray's North Loop, you know, the new food hall that just opened up. Yep. I drove around for half an hour during lunchtime when you, I mean, I drove around for half an hour for 30 so minutes. don't have parking, I didn't realize No, it. and looking for anything yeah. to open up. And I finally got somebody leaving. And that was the only reason that I was even within, like, two miles of the place. And I think that's hard. Is that something that you guys as business owners are like lobbying for or working with the city or how do you, how does that work? No, we haven't. Like, like she said, I think we, we focus on the valet piece and I know Bar La Grasa has valet and a few of us have valet. So we don't really worry about it too much at night, but it's during the day. I think our lunch business could be a little bit better if there was parking. Um, I think there's definitely a need. I I know the developers, the developers of our building, uh, developers of the other buildings, they've all keep talking about a a, a ramp of some sort. Well, and there's an open lot right across the street for this contract parking, right? Or Um, paid parking? Bunkers has rights to that lot. I don't think they own it. So I think part of it's Bunkers and then part of it is like United Properties or Greco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're not sure what it's going to get developed again, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, United There's- just did that big one where 
three jack and theater. Yeah. yeah. There's another food hall, I think, coming in. Yeah, there, there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to keep rolling. Oh. And we're going to talk about food halls in a minute. Oh. But tell us a little bit about, so what's happening at Burrow? All right. So Burrow has been around for seven years now. It's been our flagship. And with just kind of the wear and tear of a restaurant, especially Burrow and Parlor and I'm not, I'm not going to say like how busy we are, but just the traffic coming through. Yeah. Uh, we have to, we kind of have to refresh it a little bit. So, um, we've been refreshing parlor kind of every year, yeah. a little bit by little bit. We add seating, we add decor, yep. um, we're adding stuff for the, the bar staff, for the server staff to make it more efficient. We haven't really touched Burrow. Yeah. So we're going to do just one big close down for a week. Right after the block party this Sunday, so yep. close from Monday to Sunday, reopen with a kind of revamped menu. Um, there's going to be some fun new seating options. We're going to have, uh, this is the biggest piece of it, is the private events part. Oh, In the yeah. back room, so Burrow has just a big, long kind of dining mm-hmm. hall. Yep. Um, so we're going to break that up a little bit, oh. right in half. So we're going to have a nice little kind of captain's table where the servers can, um, you know, cut bread and have plates and and have their mise en place, whatever they need mm-hmm. to have right there. So, so we can rent out that back room. We've been, we have basically denied so many groups. I bet because they want they want semi private space. We just didn't have it. You so that's the biggest it. piece of it. Yeah. Are you um, keeping the wood wall? Keeping the wood okay, wall. Good. You just won't be able to see it though when you walk in. You have to yeah, yeah. kind of look around. But we're gonna do some new lighting in there, and the whole bar is gonna get kind of revamped. We're moving those big, huge, awesome taps that we got custom built and moving them to the back bar. We have a whole new back bar coming in, oh, new good. equipment, tiling the bar. Like we're doing a whole bunch of stuff. So this is a big refresh, not a yeah. not a small undertaking. No, it's not. So that's why the the shutdown. Otherwise, I'd maybe shut down for lunch and get a little bit done. But we're redoing the whole floor, so that's going to take. a that's while. That's going to take a little yeah. while. Yeah. So. Um, okay, so this is, and then so where do you want your menu to be going? Because you're saying you're doing a menu refresh, and YC is obviously in charge of yes. you know Mike DeCamp is sort of. The overarching culinary director. Yes, yeah. but I mean, like, where are you thinking when you say it's going to refresh? How do you think it's going to go? So we're we call it a pivot, right? Okay. So or a refresh. But the um, I think the biggest um, change to the menu will be the whole butchery. So we'll be bringing in a pig. We'll be bringing in a lamb. We'll be bringing in different animals. On, and on occasion, it will be changing every week what we have available on that whole butchery sheet. Oh, cool. So we'll still have the octopus. We'll still have the tartare. The The layout of the menu will be a little bit similar. We're going to obviously revamp a few items. Um, Joe Garrison's doing the, the, the pastry and the dessert oh, program. She's so great. she's fantastic. So, um, that that's kind of the biggest piece. And then also kind of this dim sum cart where Mike is toying around with. Oh. So, so every like half hour, a cart will run around probably Friday, Saturday nights for now. I don't know if we're going to do it every single night, but carts are kind of coming back right now. Well, we we've tried them on the cocktail yeah. end and yeah. sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't, depending on the space. We feel that Burrow um, has enough space for the cart to flow through. Yeah. So we're going to give it a whirl. So exciting. Yeah. Okay, let's talk for uh, just a second because if my, our listeners would be re- would be mad if I didn't ask about the Parlor Burger. Yes. Which, of <laughs> course, is it the thing that you love the most or is it the thing that is like the bane of your existence? Like you can How never you get rid of it. feel about the Parlor Burger? I, I feel wonderful about the Parlor Burger. <laughs> because it's delicious. It's, it is delicious. It is, it is delicious and you know what? It, 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 it pays for a lot of things. So I bet it does. it's very popular and 
we I can't be mad at something that people like and people I want love them to enjoy it. So that burger. I and mean, we we open up Parlor St. Paul for that very reason. We wanted to bring that burger to yeah. the St. Paul. Yeah. So And you can get the Parlor burger at Parlor down in Minneapolis downstairs, but you can't get it at Burrow upstairs. You can get it in Burrow during lunch. During lunch. So okay. that's that's something that a lot of people didn't know. I actually right. ran into Sue Zellickson the other day. She had no idea we had lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Well, you can get the parlor things. burger too. Yeah. She's like, Oh my goodness, I have to get back in there. So yeah. Um, and then you can also have it at the bar during dinner, and you can have it on the patio when it's nice oh, out. Okay, so you have yeah, options. we have multiple options. It's now. there. It's a yeah. possibility. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to close down. So the talk about the borough block party. What people can under, uh, expect because it's free. You can show up and just listen to some great live music. Yeah. It's on Sunday. What time does it start? Sunday starts at noon. Uh-huh. We're going to kind of have some background music, some DJs, noon to like one thirty-two, and the the live music will kick off with uh, Gentlemen's Anti-Temperance. Then Private Oats, Private Oats, which is like a, a fan favorite. Yes, and the Hollow Oats cover band. Black Market Brass, which has, I think, have been there like five out of the seven years. I think so, so they've too. been a regular as well. And then Viva Knievel is always our headliner, and they always do such a great job. It's such a fun band yeah. to watch. The Seriously. Bauhaus guys, they're, oh they're fantastic. So. It is really fun. And then, of course, you can buy, the, you guys will be grilling parlor burgers outside. We'll have parlor burgers inside. Oh, inside. At our, at our normal kitchen pass, okay. um, right across from the bar, and then the fries inside, then outside. We'll have elote, yep, uh, and regular corn, and then tacos. And then Joe is doing like a Sunday bar, like oh, a fun. ice cream Sunday bar where you can choose your toppings. So. Oh, I love that! Yeah, cool. So she's trying something fun. So, yeah. and you can buy tickets for food, right? That's how that's going to work. Or do nope. you just straight up cash? Play? We, we'll have two ATMs there, but we'll have squares as well. So if you want to use your card, you can do that oh, too. That this is the first year we've ever used credit cards. That's out there, so, awesome. Yeah, Thank we're going to try it out. Thank you for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then after that, Burrow's closed and it'll open up again on the 14th? Um, it no, is 20th. the 16th, I believe. It's close to the 9th through the 16th. 9th so, through the 16th. So that Monday night. Okay. Yeah, that next Monday night. To so. see the refresh. To see the refresh. All right. Thanks, friend. Good luck with everything. Thanks and for having me. Get out to the Borough Block Party, you guys. It's on Sunday. It should be a good day for it. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh,. You know what? I think that the North Loop, well, the thing that I wanted to ask Brenton that I just couldn't do, we just had Brent Fredrickson on from Burrow. He's the... Jester Concepts. Yep. He's one of the principal owners of Jester Concepts. That includes P.S. Steak and Parlor in St. Paul. Manello. Manello. Um, is that just the North Loop in general, has it, it as it's been growing, and obviously it's got more people, but has it psychically changed? You know, it's kind of this hot neighborhood, right? And it's always, it's kind of risen to be a hot neighborhood. And is it still like, is it still considered that as the traffic and who are the people who are coming and what does it really look like from someone who's been there for seven years? I'm interested in that. Yeah. I mean, I would say that it, it still seems like it's a hot neighborhood because so many things keep moving in there. But at what point does it become oversaturated? And at what point is it not worth it for, like you said, people to go down there because they can't find parking? Well, and one of the things that I know that he's, you know, we talked about what the battle with the city is, is that one of the things that they... Uh, you know, the mayor wants wants population saturation. He wants to get mm-hmm. density. He wants density. Yeah. He I wants that's the more people to... 2040 plan. Or yeah. And so that's why they're building up and they're making all these apartment mm-hmm. buildings. And, and I get that. I do get that. Um, I see where that's good on a lot of ways. Um, I just, you know, it's like, but then having to be able to, it feels like they're engineering us out of cars, which I get that too. That it's seems not a bad thing. Well, Except I mean, it is for me. Sorry, yeah. I'm going to say that it is yeah. a bad thing for me. And even, uh, you know, just the ways that we do things, I get it. I'm willing to change on some things, but mm-hmm. it's also harder because we aren't, you know, just an urban community. We do have 
you know, a pretty rich suburban community. Right. And I don't, and I'm not saying that it's, it's just, it's interesting to watch it all happen, but I don't, there's a lot of stuff that I think that isn't even being thought of. Like the Gray's food hall, which is just opened. Mm-hmm. They have the construction going around them and they hooded all of these parking meters or they took them out. And now, so that only the construction guys are parking there. And it's like, why Oof. can't we get them into into a parking ramp situation and then have a shuttle for the workers yeah. so that there's the businesses can still be flourishing when it's already hard enough because of the construction itself. Well, and to have a, a grand opening during the, that with limited parking and construction going on that hinders their opening as well. Yeah. I mean, that's well, hard. And I will, you know, there's a lot of people in that neighborhood who live there and it is, that is where people are, you know, they're building these condos. It's not like they're just building, you know, warehouses, they're Mm -hmm. building condos. So there's a lot of people who will be living there who will be walking. Sure. And so that's, I think also valid that for sure they need to make something. I don't think everything has to be made for me is my point. I don't, I don't go out there going, well, I can't get there. So it's not for me. So you're bad. Right. You know, I get it. I get it what it is. Um, But I'm just, it's. There's a lot of people who are having this, you know, there's a kind of an issue for a place that they're focusing a lot of energy on making the center of our city. Mm-hmm. And that is that is weird to me. Well, and I think going back to the maybe getting rid of cars or making it a more walking or public transit accessible city, um, which it already is in a lot of ways. But um, the city of Minneapolis and, and Mayor Fry just did a like bus only lane and some of those uh areas downtown like Hennepin and things like that. So going to help with traffic, but I'm wondering if, are they taking away parking Parking spaces to make that extra lane, which is going to make it more difficult. The bikes, uh, the bikes and the buses and all the rest. I get it. I'm, I'm, and I mean, I don't have any numbers. I don't have any, you know, metrics on this. I definitely, I drive into town because I also need to be able to drive around town. I don't have all over the place for your job. This is my point for my job. I can't just like, if I was a person who just went to an office building and went home again, that would be easy for me. And I would take a train or a bus mm-hmm. or something like that. But that's not my reality. I need to be able to go to different sites during the day and, you know, here and there and then stay late you and go to different places. I knew. Like, or a little inspector gadget. Could I do that? Action? Yeah. Could I do that by Uber? Probably. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? By like a driver? Maybe. But I I kind of feel like, so the Gray's Food Hall, I, this is all kind of come around to say that, you know, I popped into this mm-hmm. new Gray's Food Hall that opened yesterday officially. And it's interesting because it is, so let's talk about what a food hall is because Keg and Case obviously is, um, you know, kind of the big splashy one that happened in St. Paul. But I would argue that your place, the Midtown Global Market, was our very first food hall. I See, and I have a problem with this food hall name. I know we've talked about this before because uh, what the Midtown Global Market is, is a market. You know, you can buy ingredients and... But that's a market food hall. It's just, I, I, The point is, is it's the same thing. The Reading Terminal Market is a food hall in Philly. Okay. That's what people, well, I mean, that's kind of the thing. Yeah. I just, I have a problem with the terminology because I, there's some food halls that are called food halls and they are literally only like a food court, right? Yeah. And that's fine. If we need to change our vernacular to wrap our heads around that, that food courts are now food halls, that's fine. But when you have a market that, when there's more to it, but it the, seems in like Europe, a different... the food hall is the market. Like it's the same thing. Like when you go to a, a f- the food hall, they call it the food hall, lay hall, Yeah, is both. 
So we need to change how we're saying it, though. Here. But who? Why? I mean, like that's the point. Is like <laughs> for me, for we you need to personally. It for me. <laughs> the, but actually, the whole point is it is very confusing, and that's yes. for some people they think of it as one way and the other. But I think the modern developers are going to do what they want to do, and they're going to create what they want to create, and they're going to call it food halls. I mean, like the food hall trend that happens, you know, is happening mm-hmm. is more about dining and less about shopping. You know what I mean? Yep. But that's kind of the nest. That's kind of a, like the Chelsea food hall or food market. I'm not quite sure in New York. You know, there are there's a place you can buy fish, but there's it's called Chelsea market. Is it Chelsea market? Yeah. And I would that would be great. It's just that there are places that are called halls that are, you know, historically just places to go eat. So going back or to Gray's, because I did read your your re- review, it looks lovely and yeah. they have like a nice little mix. But how many businesses are in there, would you say? Uh, there's only seven, really. I mean, okay. eight if you count the bar. So as its own entity. So basically you walk in and there's, you know, Honey and Rye Bakehouse is right as you walk in mm-hmm. and it's the bakery and it's the St. Louis Park uh, ladies who yep. own it. Off of and Excelsior. yeah, coffee and breads and great things. They have a little window that opens at 630 a.m. for the walkers. That's brilliant. Brilliant. And then uh, around the around, then you kind of walk into the main area and there's seating. Uh, there's a bar on each level up and down. And then on the downstairs, you have Midnord empanadas and churros. Next to them is Flag Smash, which is mm-hmm. sort of tacos and quesadillas. And then you have Fishbowl Poke, uh, which is poke bowls. And then uh, Carbon Pit Beef Sandwiches. And then upstairs, there is uh, Soul Bowl, mm-hmm. which is Jared Kloss's, you the know, first, kind of neo-soul food. First uh, brick and mortar yep. area. And then the, um, but and that's the truth for actually everybody Most else everybody we just said, except for Honey and Rye. Rye. Yeah. And then upstairs, the... Um, the other one is Lou's Sandwiches. It's called Lou's Restaurant. Okay. But it's like Lou's Sandwich is the, the banh mi specialist in town. You know, yeah. one of the. And so I think it's, it's a I, nice mix. Yeah. And then you have the central bar. And so the bar is kind of its own gig. Um, and you're going to pay separately everywhere you go. So like you pay at the bar for your drinks there. You go and you get your sandwiches and you pay for those there. Um, but you can bring your drinks all over the place. And that was my question, because this yes. is this is something that has been sort of divisive on, on both sides of the river, Minneapolis and St. Paul, um, where, you know, at Midtown Global Market, you can't walk around with if you buy wine from me or beer from East Lake Brewery, you can't just walk around the market. And I think Keg and Case was having some issues with that, too. Um, and they're trying to fix it. But then you have these new food halls that are opening up that they're able to do it. So hopefully they'll be able to figure out something soon with licensing. Yeah. And I think it's because the license is held by the place and none of the vendors are selling any booze anyway. So it's just one person selling mm-hmm. booze. So they're since that is the case, you're allowed to walk wherever you want to go. But you can't you can't leave. You can go outside. You just can't leave the building area. You know what I mean? They have you can't their leave the front, grounds. Their front lawn is fenced in okay, specifically right. yeah. for that Which reason. Yeah. But I do think that there that is a I always thought that was weird with Midtown Global that you couldn't go, but it's because um they have people who are I you can have multiple people selling booze. That's the deal, I think. Which is why that's why that this okay. place is only having one person running the bar. Right. And is it Earl Giles that's running the bar. Earl program? Giles is doing Giles. the. Uh, they Sorry, ran. The, they ran the cocktail program. You okay. know what I mean. Like so, yeah. Jesse Hell designed the program, and they. Um, they. It's all. It's all batched. So, not all batched, but the main. Nine, they have nine specialty cocktails, and that's batched. 
And then so that they can, you know, pour them consistently. And then you can also obviously make your own drinks and call. But they said that what they were doing, they kind of were loose with it with me. They sort of described it, but they didn't really describe it well. But their point was they were trying to make those bad 80s and 90s cocktails, you know, like Sex on the Beach and like Long Island Iced Tea, but make them delicious. And not a sugar bomb. Right. And so this is funny, though, because I remember, and I should have asked Brent this, because I felt like that's what Constantine in the very, very early days was was an attempt at. Yeah. This is sort of that same idea that he wants to make. And I mean, I try to, you know, there'll be the old fashioned that was beautiful and gorgeous, but there was... They did something called a Vikings boat party, which was supposed to be the sex on a beach alternative, cheeky <laughs> enough. Um, and it was pretty, it was delicious, you know? Yeah. So, well, but- and for the listeners to bring it back around Burrow, Jesse Held started at Burrow and Parlor, right? Mm-hmm. Left with this Earl Giles adventure that he has going on and, and they are no longer, he's no longer working for Jester Concepts. No. Well, he consults with them. I mean, yes. he kind of works with yeah. them, but not like. And he makes the best gin gimlet in town. Does he? Yes, he does. Okay. That's a good that's a good endorsement. Yeah. All right, so that's Grace Food Hall, you guys. Just to give you a little preview of that and to give you a little idea of what you can expect. You are again, yeah, you can bring I think you can use credit cards or cash at everybody. And that you uh it's gonna be open at eleven most of the vendors will be open at eleven AM. So there will be a lunch crowd. You know, I think a lot of the people in the area will be walking to there for lunch. Yeah. Um, it sounds like Honey and Rye opens up their window at least early for the breakfast yep. if you need that. And they've they they're open at seven for the bakery and and coffee and stuff. And then um and, and it's gonna go until like two AM on weekends. Really? That well, was they my next can. question. They can go until two AM. If they have the crowds. Yeah. So they said we'll leave it open. They have the potential. Um they're very aware that they are in a neighborhood situation there are apartments that overlook the building that you can see onto somebody's deck but it is the city you bought into the city right so we'll see okay so but do the vendor i wonder if the vendors get a chance to opt out of not being open or are they requiring all the vendors to stay open as long as they're open or is it just the bar that stays open i think it might just be the bar that stays open until 2 a.m i don't think the food they have to have food you have to have you have to serve food if you're serving liquor I Interesting. Don't know. Ooh, yeah. I, mean, I wonder how this will play out. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. All right. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. And then when we come back, we'll have the Weekly Dish wrap up for you. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Hey, welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are wrapping up this lovely oh, two hour show. I know. Shockingly, we are coming to the end of two hours this morning. Hopefully, you guys have planned your day. Maybe you're headed out to the farmer's market. It is peak season, kids. I mean, there are still so many good things oh, at the farmer's are market. so good right now. Oh, tomatoes. my God. Tomatoes. I know. I think we're going to have another tomato show next week. We had Meredith Deeds was on a couple weeks, uh, I think, right before the fair. And we talked about tomatoes and drying them in the oven. If you want to listen to that, if you want to dial into some of that advice, uh, you know, you can always look on the show page and go back and download the podcast from that day. And, and we try to put in the descriptions a little bit about what you know, we've talked about, and I know that was the one with Meredith Eads that we were both talking about. She talked about oven drying her tomatoes and doing things, making sauces and canning and all that kind of fun stuff. I mean, so. I just want to eat them right now. I mean, I'm, I'm all for the preservation, yes. but they're like peak eating. Yes, it is. It is lit. It is literally a thing that I just want to eat them like apples with salt. I hold a salt thing in one hand and tomato in the other and I just go. I've been doing a lot of BLTs. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of even then I get a little bit like. I get a little bit, it's too much. Like there's two, it, those are wonderful and I love them. And I, but I mean, like if I'm thinking like I want a tomato, I've been slicing it and hitting it with like a handful of basil and salt mm-hmm. and that's it. And then fork Yum. and knifing like steaks. So when I was growing up, we always had a slice of tomato on our scrambled egg sandwiches. Oh yeah. 
And yeah, I have one of those not too long ago. I was you like, know what? Oh, yeah, I, for- I forgot about that. I know. My Dr. Pepper, she was the first one who ever like, gave me a piece of English muffin with cream cheese and a fat slice of tomato mm, on that. That was it. Pepper. Mm. I know. So good. Now I'm hungry, guys. I'm hungry. I'm super hungry. Um, okay, you guys. Uh, letting you know, once again, I got a lovely little note from someone who was saying that Fused Craft Brewed Eats Food Truck has an amazing pretzel. Um, uh, oh, it's made by someone in South Carolina dipped in our fryer for a glorious crust and served both craft beer or brewed beer cheese and honey mustard. And so, okay. Yeah. A lot of the trucks are frying it because you can't, there's no, no they don't have an oven. And so that's what New Bohemia did too. And I am here for a fried pretzel to be clear. Um, But I am looking for your favorite soft pretzels in town. Just so you know, that's what I'm up for. Uh, do you want to talk smoke out real quick? That's coming up. Sure, sure. Uh, well, first, let's talk about what's going on this weekend. So there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend. I know that the fair is over, but necessarily that doesn't mean, of course, that um, that everything is, you know, shut down. Done. <laughs> In fact, if you are at all a Wayzata kid or a wee subber like me, you'll know that James J. Hill Days is in full swing in Wayzata right now, which means there are carnival rides on the lake. There's a Ferris wheel. There's a mini donut booth. It's almost like the fair is chasing me. If you're jonesing. The fair is chasing me, you guys. I can't get away from it. Like, I drove down the street, (laughs) leaving Baja House, and, like, I could still smell the waft of the mini donuts. I know. I was like, you're like, oof. That was the haunting more than the damn clown, (laughs) as I'm going to tell you what. Seriously. I'm going to find a mini donut candle and just sort of... Well, you can keep it because then I will never burn it. (laughs) But um, there is... But the funny thing is, you know what else? At the same time, I'm happily going to go to RenFest, you know, without even a thought because the Renaissance Fair is on. It's a a different sort of festival. It's a different atmosphere. It is. And in fact, Brent and his daughter uh, are going to head out that way, his whole family. And I was just... We were saying that it's just... It's a lot more chill And, you know, it's like there's it's just more space and it just feels like a little bit more relaxed. We used to go all the time when AJ was little. We just haven't been in a while. Yeah, I usually take the nerd teens and we go. Uh, The hardest part is the parking. You got to get there early, man. And here's I'm not even going to tell you my tip because it's so bad and people will yell at me. No, don't. I shan't. Um, But again, this weekend is wine, chocolate and romance, which uh, that's there's a lot of fun things happening. A cake smashing competition, a cupcake battle, grape stomping. There's love a good grape stomp. Huh? I love a good grape stomp. There's a lot of grape stomping coming up. Yes. Like locally, all the wineries, the local wineries, they are getting into it. When Broder's usually has their fall. Oh, the Psalm Slam. Psalm Slam. Not a Psalm Slam. No, no it's, uh, it, what's the name that they stomp. call it? They just call it's it. It's a stomp, but it's it, a stomp. they have a special name for it. Oh, and I can't it's remember it. Vendemia. Thank you, Vendemia. Vendemia. Uh, here's the thing that I wish I was going to very, very much. The defeat of Jesse James days in Northfield. I saw you posted that. I, I have never been. No, and they do. You guys, very very cool. They do a live reenactment of the botched bank robbery that was the downfall of Jesse James gang, and so it's all on live horses outside of the actual historic First National Bank. Like this is a cool thing that we don't. Why don't we go and do this? I think we have to go do it. Okay, I know. 
And then they also have a great place to eat donuts there. I just have to tell you, it's called Quality Bakery in Northfield. It's a serious donut shop. I love it. Um, another thing, a couple of things that I do want to make sure that get in this weekend. Taste of Greece is happening in, in Uptown um, off of Irving at the St. Mary's Greek Orthodox Church. Mm-hmm. Tons of amazing Greek food. Domati, spanakopitas, lamb burgers. Oh, pastizio. So much good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of really, it's, uh, it's just a really fun kind of low-key family event too i really like that chromosome this is a new event i think i don't think this has been done before but this is an event happening in the twin cities actually in saint paul um it's a public mural did you read about this This, i did and they've been on the tvs and getting a lot of press and i just think it's cool the street art and the mural painting and then the little mekong night market is happening tonight as well so you can get in on all your egg rolls and all your noodles but you can watch this guy uh, Reggie LaFleur, he's making a night mural with glow-in-the-dark paint. Right. This is so cool! Yeah. You mid- live in a city, you guys. And it goes till midnight, right? It goes till midnight. Yeah. He's going to paint from 5 p.m. till midnight. This That's is your awesome. city. I just love this. Lots of good stuff. And we did want to bring up an event that was happening on Monday, September 16th for you guys. If you guys know Diane Yang, who's now Diane Mua, mm-hmm. she is a local pastry chef with a ton of, uh, you know, God, everyone loves her and she's such a giving human. Her father was diagnosed with uh, cancer and her family farm, you know, her Hmong family farm is kind of struggling and all so many great chefs in town are coming together on the 16th Monday at Octo Fish Bar for a an event that is really to help them. And I mean, like the amount of they're using produce and ingredients from the farm, from the farm, which I think cook. is a really cool tribute. That's I awesome. love that. So, and Diane's mom's going to be there cooking yeah, something. Her mom's going to be there cooking. Yeah. So lots of fun stuff. Yeah, go do that. And then another little shout out coming up on the 22nd, Nicollet Open Streets. This is one of our open streets that is upcoming instead of it being a past summer tense. Yes, it's coming it's up. It's going to be there September 22nd. So where does it go? It's, is it Kingfield? Is it the one that's like goes in front of Ola Repa and everything? Yes. Yeah, this one is always the best one, I feel like. It, there's a lot of good restaurants and, and businesses along there. And it, they know fun. how to do it. Like they figured it out. I know there's a couple open streets that have had... You know, some issues with connectivity and like the flow. The mini haha one, I guess, was really disparate this year. Yeah. But I, the the one on Nicollet, would, you know, in running in front of Five Watt Coffee and Nighthawks, and then you have Revival at the top, and then you have, you know, Ola Repa and Pat's Tap and Raman mm-hmm. Kazama at the bottom. I mean, like tons of great stuff there. Yeah, I'm sure. It'll be a fun one. Um, also, if you guys are ready for it, we're going to talk a little bit about more more about this next week, but. We have, uh, there is a smokeout festival happening at Keg and Case Market, and it's Justin Sutherland and his crew. I got to tell you, I'm going to have some of the smoky dudes on, and we're going to talk barbecue. And this is a great event. It's called Smokeout. I'll put a link up if I haven't already. Um, and the mag is sponsoring it too. So, all right. You guys go have the best September. Malls, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. See you guys later. Ciao, ciao.